This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 36, take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 36th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Today's episode of The Drive-In, we have the Express Checkup with yours truly, Dr. O. We have a review of Michael B. Jordan's Without Remorse, now on Amazon Prime. And we have our top billing of the best Marvel villains. So use the bathroom now. Grab your popcorn and enjoy the 36th episode of The Drive-In Podcast. All right, fellas, episode 36 is underway. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the mamas, all the mamas' mamas, and (laughs) to all the movies' mamas. So nice to start off this podcast, I thought I would uh, propose a little open question for the boys. Okay. Who is the greatest movie mom? Nez, who do you got in your mind? Are we talking about quality of, like, are they a good mom or are they just, like, like oh, okay, so that's different because when you when I think movie moms, first thing that comes to mind is Stifler's mom. But I don't think Stifler's <laughs> mom was a great. She, you think, could argue she's the worst. Yeah, I don't. She was not a good mom at all. Um, best movie I have one. moms. Can can yeah, Can you stall yeah. for me? And then I, I, I think. Go ahead, Flix. Antui, Blindside, done. Ooh, that's good. Who? Oh, okay. Miss Tui, with that twang. Yeah, that is good. It's not bad. That is, that's good. Um, cheaper by the dozen, mom. Dozen kids. She's good. Little Bonnie Hunt action. Wait, I haven't. Wait, you ripped on her for for leaving the family in one of our I episodes. Did. Yeah, I you still did. Do. So she's so she's. But you said she's not good. one of the greatest. She had a dozen kids. Okay, that's a so, great mom. Like so, having a lot of kids does not constitute being a good mom. We might have what? to find. We have to find that's that clip. A ridiculous in an statement. Episode. What do you mean? If I have if I have thirty you, if I have thirty kids, twelve kids. If, but if I have thirty kids, does that make me a good dad? Not but necessarily. Like the fact that you have good point, thirty nice. kids, like quality, not quantity, mom, man. Don't compare it to dads. I'm just saying the way you give birth to <laughs> twelve up? kids, twelve people. That's an accomplishment in itself. Okay, I'm I, I'm torn between these two arguments, but I did have one that was on the tip of my tongue. That was actually in mind before I even said the question, and that's Mrs. Weasley. I think she is the best movie mom there's oh. ever been. I was going to say shout out Mayo because I know he would have loved that that selection, yeah. but I would say Mrs. Weasley, Ooh, I have an empowered one. mother, and one who would willing to sacrifice it all for their kids. That's a good right. one. Mm-hmm. There's, I have one, Elastigirl. Damn, I love the Incredibles. Good. Yeah. I, I have Mrs. Gump, not, not Jenny, for, oh. for Scott, but Mrs. Gump. Mrs. Right? Gump. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what. Uh, No one can tell your kid what they're capable of, right? Believing Mm -hmm. in yourself. Mrs. Gump. Goat. Life is like a box of chocolates. Does whatever it takes for her son. (sighs) All right. Um, Ricky Flex, I also, before we get to the checkup today, I need to bring up something I saw on Twitter Um, and something I sent to you. I was going to bring it up if you didn't. You, I mean, should I just, I'll just hand it to you then, Ricky Flex. What am I about to, what are you about to discuss? Hey. Last episode, we talked about the gates split up, but we also talked about something else. And I got some flack for it, saying it was just rumors. But the chemistry is real. Quote, unquote, Ben Affleck and J-Lo are back. Told you, we heard, we told you first here, the rumors were true. And 
we I deserve credit on this podcast. They're both coming off a major breakup. You think they're just using each other for a rebound? I can't believe. I mean, J Lo, take some time for yourself. You just got out of a long relationship. You were engaged. And you're just like back in. It's just, it blows my mind. She can't stay out of the headline. She just needs to have like a public relationship. Like it just, it, it blows my mind. Like take mm. some time for yourself, girl. Like you don't have to be engaged all the time. And I love J-Lo. But True like, love is back. just come on. Okay. True She's got to be, right. that's got to be crushing for our, for A-Rod though. That's like A-Rod posting that Instagram story of like having basically the shrine to J-Lo even after oh they broke God, up. He was down bad. Yeah, he was down and real bad. It was insane how Ben Affleck yesterday for Mother's Day posted uh, that Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Garner. Yeah, the if you want to talk about shrines, like just uh, Jennifer Gardner, like. Uh, fanboy alert like post basically saying what a great mother she was fanboy (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what i mean though just like all these this whole post about her like eight different pictures of her and then next day official j-lo and him are back together all right well happy belated mother's day to all the mamas let's get to the checkup what do you wait one more moment doctor (laughs) one more moment there's another thing that i have to say bring it up and that's to the people on twitter it looks like Ricky Flicks ended up winning top billing last no, week, dominated. and I just couldn't believe it. Like, couldn't believe it. Dominated. I think there might have been some handshake deals on the side, maybe some okay, DMs. We're to not say, hey, this. come vote for me. You picked Lando in the second round. The you didn't even pick. like your top billing. You didn't right, even like your list. No, you hated just, it. That, you hated that's it. Complete lie. If we, if if anyone watched the trailer. Like just the trailer didn't listen to the podcast, they would have thought Ricky Flex came in last of that. Draft. Right, I yeah. was just upset. I wanted that Mandalorian pick. I wanted. Said, what is life? Everything's ruined. Yeah, because yeah. I tell me that you love your draft. Direct quote. Yes, I. Well, I didn't love it because I didn't get the Mandalorian. I All had right. a great first four picks. Ne- Nez- and I set up for the yeah. end, and then Doctor Rowe threw a screwball at me, picking two Mandos. In the I final punted two my draft big time. I-, I went full in on the Mandalorian, and I added Boba Fett to that. I just, I was just going all crazy. Man. I just can't believe so, I had like an all-time lineup of, of, of Star Wars legends, including Akbar. Not even close to my list. <laughs> a- Akbar was a wild card. People were either gonna love it or hate it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That was a that was you know that was risk it for the biscuit. I, I, I like that. That's a Nez pick, though. That's a signature Nez pick where it's like, okay, you're playing it, playing it, playing it, boom, wild card. You know, boom, wild card. Just 100%. Like yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm done now. So we, I think we might have another contentious top billing like we do every episode, to be honest. But <laughs> it was a get... good one last last episode, though. It was. That it was, was great. a lot of fun. Yeah. May the fourth be with you all. Let's get to the checkup, express style. One more moment, doctor. Bringing you the latest news in the movie industry. This is The Checkup with Dr. O. Dr. O, check us out. DC is developing a Superman movie with a black lead produced by the one and only J.J. Abrams. The film is expected to take place outside of the DCEU in a separate universe from Henry Cavill's version of the character. DC plans to have a direct black director helm the film. Important names attached include Regina King, Barry Jenkins, Shaka King, Stephen Cable Jr. Tom Nahisi Coates has already been tapped to write the script for the film. Moving along with DC News, Joker 2 is reportedly still being planned at Warner Brothers. This news comes from the same Hollywood Reporter story detailing the upcoming Superman movie. The first film was nominated for nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture, and Joaquin Phoenix famously took home the Best Actor statue for his portrayal of the Crown Prince of Crime. What a nickname. Moving along with the checkup. 
Dave Bautista has joined the cast of Rian Johnson's Knives Out 2. Netflix recently landed the rights to the Knives Out property in a monumental deal worth over $400 million. Wowza. Bautista will next be seen in Netflix's Army of the Dead from director Zack Snyder due out later this month. And finally, we have a little trailer roundup this week. We got the Venom Let There Be Carnage first trailer drop featuring Woody Harrelson as the menacing Marvel villain Carnage. Tom Hardy's back in the lead role and Andy Serkis is in the director's chair for his first full feature film as a director. This film is due out on September 24th, 2021. That does it for the Express Checkup this week. You've just been checked up by Dr. O. Boys, I think we have to start out with the DC news here. We're getting a black Superman, right? A Kal-El version of the character. We're getting a black director. I want to start out with you, Ricky Flex. What's your immediate reaction? Do you love it? What do you think? Do you think DC's heading in the right direction? Give it to me. I like how it's separate because it still gives kind of hope to Henry Cavill and the Snyderverse a little bit. But uh, honestly, mm-hmm. I like I don't mind a black Superman at all. I honestly, like I told you on this podcast when uh, we talked about who should be Superman next, the first person I gave out was Michael B. Jordan, and I think this is just pointing right at him now. Um, I know we're reviewing without remorse, no spoilers yet, but honestly, I think it, I don't know. It just a black director as well already saying that. Uh, it feels kind of odd and kind of forced, like happen maybe happen naturally, but it's good to see like diversity in Warner Brothers or uh, DC slash Warner Brothers, but it just seems kind of forced. It's not going to, this just doesn't fix all the issues already with it, but it's a good start. Hmm. Right. That So that's what I was going to say here is like, I think it's cool that they're doing this. And, uh, but what I do think is, is weird is almost the, the, the predetermination I mean, yes. if you wanted, a, if you wanted a, a black Superman, just cast a black person to play Superman in the DCEU or in a Superman movie. But instead, they're just, I, I, I don't know. It just feels a little like baity to me. Yes. It's just kind of weird. It's just like, hey, we are doing a black Superman movie, not just a Superman movie with a not a Superman movie with a black actor, like a black man playing Superman. No, this is the black Superman movie with the black director. And yeah. it's just like, I, I, I mean, I love it. I, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I just think that they don't need to go out of their way to kind of uh, to do that. Just just cast a black Superman. Right. No, I, no? I 100% agree with both of you. Um, it seems like DC like wants to send this message that they're giving primetime superhero lead character opportunities to uh, minorities. Like They just did it with Supergirl. Okay. They cast, they cast Sasha Call, a Latina actress, for the role, who's uh, traditionally Supergirl, a white character. Uh, and then obviously they're saying we are having a black Superman with a black director. It does feel forced. And then it's like, okay, we have the Green Lantern series that's going to feature a, uh, a, a gay lantern as the lead. It's like, it feels like they're just like making, make, like putting too much of an emphasis on it when like yeah. you could just let it Doing happen the, naturally. Yeah. Like, you know? why, yeah, why not just make the, make the Green Lantern movie and you find out in the Green Lantern movie right. that he's gay? Not, hey guys. It's the gay Green Lantern. Come watch the movie. Exactly. We are, you know, we are inclusive. Look at how inclusive we are. Yeah. And they're just pointing at it's, themselves. It's like they're doing all the diversity check boxes that, but pre, like pre 
Yeah, but they're, 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 yeah, they're, and they're patting themselves on the back in advance. Right. You know, you know what I, you know what I, I wrote a blog and I said that this is kind of like DC kind of saying it's what they have over Marvel. Like, it's like, we are, we are doing this. Marvel's not doing this. We are putting minorities in powerful positions. Uh, and it's like before Marvel can even like show what they're doing, DC saying, we're doing this before you, you know, it kind of like how Wonder Woman got a for like a feature film before like Black Widow did or Captain mm-hmm. Marvel did like, Oh, we put the a first woman out there, but in moving away from the, diver- like uh, the diversity aspect, I do think it's cool that this is going to be on Earth 2, like a different world than the DCEU, mm-hmm. because it gets away from the Cavill character, which has been centered around a lot of controversy in terms of, in terms of how the character was treated, the uh, controversy surrounding Zack Snyder. Now we're going to get, and I love those director's choices. I, 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 personally, give me Shaka King. I want Shaka King doing this movie. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, director, for those who don't know, just nominated for best, mm-hmm. uh, was nominated for best director this past Oscars. But put it like a la Robert Pattinson with his Batman, let him explore his own universe. Okay. You have the flash movie coming. Like you, if you really wanted to bring this character into all these other characters, universes, yes, you have that possibility, but just focus on the character itself. Superman is Superman. It's right alongside Batman. Like the two biggest superheroes, maybe in all of cinema. Right. So you got to do it right. And I love the focus and JJ Abrams. He just seems destined to be working on a Superman movie. I love that he's helping out here. Right. So what do you guys think about that aspect where it's outside of the DCEU? Like I said before, like, and I, you just alluded to it. It's like the Snyderverse, not a part of it. Henry Cavill, definitely not a part of it. So it's just completely different. Clarity brings clear clarity to the character and the universe like it. I mean, J.J. Abrams, I'm, I'm just so sick of people just using his name to hype stuff up. Mm. I mean, like, what have you done lately? What has J.J. Abrams done lately? Not that I don't, I'm not excited for this movie, but it's just like, what was the last good movie that J.J. Abrams was really in charge of? Like, the Cloverfield Lane one? Because the Cloverfield thing after that was terrible. Right. The Paradox one that dropped on Netflix, like, unexpectedly. Awful. But honestly, he did that Star Wars movie and then he just started just getting deals left and right and mm-hmm. it just, he became such a huge name. But honestly, I don't know. What have you done for me lately, J.J. Abrams? Yeah, and he did Rise of Skywalker. That was looked at as kind of a failure for exactly. Disney. Um, he was big in the 2010s, man. Early 2010s. He got Star Trek series. That was, uh, that was successful. It kind of mm-hmm. led him and he had Super 8 like prior to the Star Trek series and kind of like led him to get the Star Wars role. Mm-hmm. But he, Bad Robot is a pretty big studio. He's going to be involved with other DC projects in the future. They're kind of looking for him to be like the builder of this universe, like kind of like how Star Wars is kind of looking at John Favreau and Dave Filoni building up mm-hmm. the Mandalorian. They're looking at, okay, JJ Abrams build up some of these characters that are lesser known and bring them to the forefront. Obviously Superman, not lesser known, but he's doing a bunch of other DC series uh, that are going to be premiering on HBO max. Uh, any other final thoughts on Superman here? Mm-mm. So fellas, we got a trailer today, an unexpected trailer, one that I was very excited to see and one that was uh, long overdue, a movie that was supposed to come out a long, long time ago, but it's been pushed back due to delays. And that's Venom. Let there be carnage. The sequel to 2018's Venom. Uh, that movie, as we said, made $800 million somehow. I have no idea how that movie made so much money. $800 million. <laughs> Venom without with no Spider-Man. And now we're getting Cletus Cassidy, aka Carnage, played by Woody Harrelson. Flicks. What are you expecting out of Harrelson in this role? To be the quirky, weird guy that he is. Like 
a perfect carnage, like a perfect Cletus, right? Like it's, he's like, he, I think it's a good cast. He's a little on the older side compared. Like he looks a lot older than Tom Hardy. I don't know the exact age ranges. I know Tom Hardy looks a lot. He looks a lot younger than he is, but it's going to be interesting to see what, like what angle they do here. Um, how they actually meet. Like did Eddie Brock interview this guy beforehand for something while he was working for whatever the newspaper he was working for. I forget, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I'm excited to see Woody Harrelson and Carnage on the big screen. Not necessarily. I didn't love Venom. I just don't like. I didn't like Tom Hardy and I didn't. I didn't like Tom Hardy and Venom. I just didn't. There, I said it. No, didn't like it. I like the action scenes. Thought they were sick. Thought Venom looked awesome, but just didn't love the movie in its entirety. I'm afraid that it's going to be the same thing. But it's going to be interesting with Andy Serkis here at the helm. Yeah, I'm wondering if they learn their lesson. I mean, because the, the other Venom. The first Venom movie was not that great, but it made so much money. Mm. And I, I just don't know if they learned their lesson. Like, you know, if you want to hit Hollywood where it hurts, you got to hit them in their pockets. And we didn't hit them that hard. I mean, they made 800 million bucks. So they, they might just drop another not so great movie and make another 800 million because, you know, we're going to see it. Yeah, you had a lot of first Venom vibes in this with the discussions with Tom Hardy in his apartment and making the breakfast, like it just got a lot of first Venom vibes. I didn't like that. Yeah. So it, like, I think a big problem with the first Venom is that it felt like a movie, like one of the X-Men or Spider-Man movies made in the early 2000s, like the tone of it and the vibe, it didn't really work out. So this one, they can't screw this up because there is a potential with Andy Serkis at the helm. You have Woody Harrelson, Tom Hardy, powerful cast, there is a chance that Kevin Feige is monitoring this very closely saying, is there a way we can bring Tom Hardy into the MCU or Woody Harrelson's MCU? Because obviously uh, Sony and the MCU have a strong relationship with um, obviously Tom Holland being a focal point of the MCU after that kind of shaky a uh, couple of years ago where they didn't know if Tom Holland was going to continue after far from home. It looks like he's going to be a mainstay. And there's even been rumors of like contract extension. Tom Holland's going to be there for like the long haul. So if this movie is successful, it's going to make over a billion dollars. It's going to. The first one made $800 million. Now you're bringing in Woody Harrelson and Andy Serkis, right? Carnage as a character. It's going to make over a million, a billion, excuse me. But will it be a quality film? Judging by the trailer, it does have similar vibes. It does have similar vibes to the first one, which has me concerned. But I think the more we see Carnage, the more excited I'm going to be. And MCU fans are going to go nuts if this is a success and potential like MCU collaboration here. Agreed. 100%. Uh, all right. So that does it for this week's checkup. I'm going to send it over to Nez for our review of Without Remorse, starring Michael B. Jordan. Thanks, Dr. O. Always great to review the weekly news in the movie industry. Our review of the week is Without Remorse. Uh, it's available on Amazon Prime, currently trending at 44% on Rotten Tomatoes and 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, and it is based on a Tom Clancy novel. Um, so the synopsis is seeking justice for the murder of his pregnant wife. An elite Navy SEAL uncovers a covert plot that threatens to engulf the United States and Russia in all-out war. So let's just get started here. Uh, what, what are our knee-jerk reactions? I, I'm going straight to Ricky Flicks on this one. I'm going first, huh? Um, nope. Yeah, I think if you guys don't agree with me, I think we'll have to question our friendship. This movie wasn't good. Uh, this Sucked. movie was really bad. 
and easily the worst Tom Clancy movie there's ever that's ever been done by a lot. Even worse, like a lot worse than the Chris Pine one. Like this one was just awful. And it's just a lot of questions around why did Michael B. Jordan do this? Why wasn't he good in this? Taylor Sheridan, the guy behind the the guy who wrote Sicario, Hell or High Water, Wind River, Yellowstone, and about to do a review next week of Those Who Wish Me Dead with Angelina Jolie and John Bernthal. Now I'm a little nervous. Wrote that as well and directed that one. Wrote this movie, and this writing was horrendous. The whole, like, an example, the Pawn Can Be King storyline that ended, like, in five minutes, that writing, like, terrible. That was horrendous. I made sure I, like, that was, like, the first, like, alarm bells for me right in the beginning when he said that. And then the rest of the movie just followed suit with the writing and then the whole conspiracy theories, t- classic Tom Clancy elements that it just got too cute with and didn't bring, there wasn't enough clarity in that as well. I guess before I go on, just one last thing is uh, if this was just a pure revenge flick, no conspiracies, just a revenge flick about Michael B. Jordan going ham on these fools that killed his wife, like a John Wick style, that would have been sick. Just like, keep it simple. Everyone will, will always watch those movies and consider them decent at the minimum because of the action sequences. This one, just the story was so chaotic and terrible that I couldn't well, I like it. What was so shocking, and you brought up the writing, is that this movie been was being developed for literally since the early 90s. 1993, I think, is when the book was written. Um, there was There's people like Keanu Reeves was rumored to star in this. It's literally been decades in the making. And then not only do you have a, an excellent source material from Tom Clancy, but then you have Taylor Sheridan writing it. And then we get what we got, you know? So it's just like it, – it, like I was not a fan of also, I'm not going to no spoilers here, but I wasn't a fan of the motive by the antagonist at the end of the movie. I thought that was garbage and I think it's, it wasn't explained well, but um, I a hundred percent agree. And Michael B. Jordan, we're going to get to his performance in a sec. Like we're talking about him, like potentially playing Superman. And then like we <laughs> were reviewing him in this movie. Like it was such a letdown in my opinion. And I think in our, my, on our thermometer predictor, I even had this high eighties. Like I thought this is going to be fire. Like Tom Clancy, Michael B. Jordan, right. It's a military thriller. Like I thought it was going to be excellent. And yeah. it was a, I thought it was a bunch of false advertising, right. False advertising for an action movie. That was so boring. It was so boring. It's like they tease you with that scene where uh, he lights the car on fire. He jumps in the car. Stupid move, by the way. But Why like, would you? That's insane. It's so dumb. And then the scene itself. And then like after that happened, I'm like, okay, there's going to be some crazy stuff that happens. But it was, a, it was a, and, and in terms of action sequences, I thought it was a complete letdown. What do you think, Nez? Uh, I, I agree. I mean, the dialogue in this movie was terrible. I, I think Michael B. Jordan just didn't want, I think he probably didn't want anything to do with it. Maybe they made an offer he couldn't refuse. I don't know. This movie has been in development since 1990 something. Uh, I think Sony bought, purchased the uh, the rights to this movie from Tom Clancy back in the day. It was saying that in, in like the little Amazon description. Uh, I didn't know that much going into it, but when I read that, I saw that, you know, Keanu Reeves turned it down. They tried to make it back in the 90s. It fell through. They tried to make it in the early 2000s. It fell through. At that point, you might just want to hang it up and not make the movie. I mean, it just wasn't meant to be. This movie is just not, it's not good. It's not good. The action scenes don't do it. I also had nothing, I, 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 that, this is where I was going. I didn't know anything. And then they, I mean, I read it in the synopsis. They killed this pregnant wife. I was not ready for that. I was not ready for that. I was like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And another thing, that prison scene, 
where he locks himself and then just decides to fight a bunch of people in riot gear. And then within a day, he's free. It happened very fast. That wouldn't happen. That would never, ever happen. But I, that was one of the few scenes I liked. Like, you, you got the time. he's taking him out. You got yeah, the Tom all Clancy, the action. Like, he's fighting well, all these yeah, guys. But, and then they're like, I need, can you get me out of here? And they okay. brought a phone. Let me jump just, in. What? You so I completely agree. But that scene was like one of the few, maybe the only highlight of this movie. Because in the beginning, you get the anticipation. Like, this guy is like the best Navy SEAL. And you got a little bit of that. Like you, you saw his confidence going into the burning car. But that was more just passion around his wife. Revenge. Like revenge mentality right but here like you got to see like the whole navy seal package of why this man is special this josh kelly guy is special but you also got like the classic yeah, tom like the, the, the tom clancy like, yeah. smart intelligent like dousing the shirt taking off a shirt dousing the shirt in water and flooding the place giving him an uh, mm-hmm. advantage like those are the type of things that we want to see but yeah overall story this just completely lacked completely lacked That's the tom fine. clancy album. Uh, but- even if you want to say like a couple months later, you're at, you know, he, he gets out, but it seems like he fought 15 prison guards and then 20 minutes later he was free. That would never happen. That just wouldn't happen in a prison. I just, no, just not I could grounded. not, I just could not see that ever, ever happening. Um, it's just absurd. Also, they have like pepper spray and rubber bullets, but these guys just charge into the room with just shields and batons, I guess. I don't know. Um, side note, do you know how much – because I looked this up last night. Do you know Tom Clancy's net worth? Because I've been – I don't know the Tom Clancy movies or I, – I obviously, not even the books. You know, I'm not a big reader, but I know the video games. Do you know Tom Clancy's net worth? Anybody want to guess? No cheating. Price is right style? Yes. $98 million. hundred million. Three hundred million dollars. Oh my! Dude, he has like ten or twelve video games. Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Two. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon and Advanced Warfare. I I used to play all of them. So many like five Splinter Splinter Cells. Yeah, and then he has his book deals, and then the movie deals. This guy raking it in. Shout out to to Tom Clancy just chasing that bag. All his movies. The movie was terrible. I, I just that I, I, it was it was terrible and it, it made me sad because I'm a huge Michael B. Jordan fan, but this was probably the worst movie I've ever seen him in, hands down. Let, let, let's talk about his performance. And I've seen Fantastic Four. Yeah, <laughs> this might have been his worst since Fantastic Four. So when I, I I looked at like reviews like before I saw this movie, just want to get a, like a, a gauge on like what people were thinking, and people were hailing Michael B. Jordan as like being the uh, one of the strengths of this movie. I couldn't disagree more. I couldn't disagree more. Yes, in the beginning of the movie, he showed a little bit of range of emotion. He's like, he's crying on the bed or wherever. But when it came to, I would say, I would say the last 75% of the movie, he's monotone the entire time. Like he does not change his tone. He's the same exact person, right? There's zero comic relief. There is nothing going on, right? There's, there's barely any reflection on, on Pam, his wife. Like, I'm just, I was just shocked that, he just, I don't want to, he kind of mailed it in. He kind of just, I'm just going to stick to this one tone. All right. I'm going to get through this. It's more about the action sequences, but the action sequences themselves were a letdown. Right. Um, yeah. I agree. Yes. Uh, Flicks. Do, what do you think of uh, Michael B. Jordan's uh, performance here? No, I think you summed it up perfectly. And you mentioned his wife. That's another issue with the movie. It's either you have to develop her more and give her like a whole act 
to do it, like to, for her to be in it, to develop that relationship, really understand how much they have a relationship. Or you do like a John Wick style where you don't have her in the movie at all, but you have these elements like a dog or pictures to show that relationship, show that there was something there. This movie did neither. She was in a total of probably 120 seconds and that's it. And it re- that also deterred the movie a lot for me as well. Yeah, like you don't get that connection between the two characters. Yeah, like, like sure. This, yeah, and like, again, with John Wick, like, the, that wife's not even in the movie and they still have more of a connection than this movie had with these two people. And I think Keanu, I think, I think his acting was good in John Wick. Like sometimes Keanu gets ripped mm-hmm. on for like mailing it in, like for some of those performances in the mid 2000s, especially like, like we're talking about Matrix and everything like that. But Constantly. he, like you felt his like, his his pain you felt his pain i didn't feel a lot of pain from michael b jordan here just like, he, he seemed like angry i almost was rooting against him because also, like, i'm just like yeah. dude you're annoying I, me like it was also I was, so dark I was you upset. couldn't that was i was like oh my god what the that i can't believe i didn't see that coming at all what the heck mm. like i thought that I, I i honestly didn't know where i thought it but shout out to lauren london back on the big screen i know they they, they made this back in the day but shout out to lauren london um yeah yeah you're you're right i mean they didn't build it up enough um I honestly thought the movie was being uh, so showed to us or presented to us not in chronological order, and then I just found out that it that it was in chronological order. But they were just like bouncing scene to scene. She was in one scene where they talked, and it was just like or two scenes: the one at the party, and then the one where they're in bed, mm-hmm. and then the next scene she's getting gunned down in in, yeah. in her house. Like they could have done such small things to kind of like strengthen that relationship. They could have had like John. John Kelly has a picture of her in his like pocket or something like that. Or it's like, he or she the, gives him something sentimental and he holds right, on. Right. You can to build it that long. relationship. You just can't have one scene at a family barbecue and be like, okay, now it's like, it's his world is ruined. Um, you know, literally, uh, do you guys think, cause this is, we're seeing a lot of revenge action thrillers. Like, like literally we just got nobody. We have the John wick franchise. Now we're getting this, uh, movie that is sure to spawn a franchise. Do you guys get a vibe that Hollywood kind of has a creativity problem in terms of action films? Feels like we're either a superhero film or we're an action revenge thriller, right? And do you guys think there is an issue in Hollywood in terms of that? I don't, I wouldn't call it an issue because these movies just make a lot of money and they still get these stars to do them. And when the box office returns, like when movie theaters are fully reopened, uh, like they're going to make so much money again. Like, especially nobody was a critical success. So like, it's, this is like out of the box, not successful. Even every single movie in the Taken franchise, all those box office numbers were amazing. Even though like the last few were terrible. Like mm-hmm. those were all awful. And like, how many times do people get to keep getting taken? I mean, but they on. still watch them. These, those movies, those revenge throwers just But do you think work. that's a problem? No, you're right. Do you think um, that's a problem? So what you have to do is you have to differentiate yourself when you when you make one of these, okay? Um, and they tried to do that by making this action revenge thriller not only about the per- him avenging his wife, but then it becomes something on the scale of global politics that's just way re- super ridiculous and just didn't make sense in the story. Um, as brought up in uh, early in this episode, J Lo has my favorite revenge thriller of all time, and that's the movie Enough. That movie's sick. <laughs> that was about three marriages ago for J Lo, but oh, that shots. That was a that's a good movie. That movie like was she, she dating she Affleck hyped. at the time? You know, I really ago? can't keep track, and I wasn't keeping track. Ricky when I Flex, watched our, that our gossip, our gossip columnist, should know this. Yeah, 
17 years ago is when they first were together or when they were last together. So if it was then. then also side note, 17 years ago was the last time we had a big cicada, uh, you know, outbreak that emerged. So at the same time, so basically I saw these two articles side by side on Twitter today and it said after 17 years, JLo and Ben Affleck are back together. And then the next side by side was after 17 years, cicadas are emerging from the ground. And I'm like, coincidence. coincidence? <laughs> Maybe not. There it is. Oh man, dude, and I can't believe the fact that this like mid credit scene we're get, we're we're potentially okay. getting a franchise here, All boys. Right. There, a, wait, 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 wait. I just want to go over the details here because Michael B. Jordan has acknowledged the fact he plans to return to this fan franchise in a Rainbow Six film. Obviously, still relating to the Tom Clancy books. Flicks, you seem upset by that. This what they had the audacity to do. <laughs> end credit scene to this movie the, the audacity. audacity to do that how and jamie bell i didn't even i couldn't even remember his name and so uh like five minutes ago like fantastic gonna, four reunion yeah like he's gonna lead this like they thought like oh this is a surefire money maker tom clancy movie michael b jordan we have guy pierce in this movie we haven't even discussed guy pierce yet this is gonna be a franchise boys no i'm boycotting this will not see if Michael B. Jordan does it, I'm not watching it. So this is like Tom Clancy, the rainbow six. This is his thing. Does this tie into the Jack Ryan series that's currently with John Krasinski? Is this in the same universe? Will they be in prime? Will they be on screen together? Cause then you have franchise potential. Michael B. Jordan, John Krasinski, Holy cannoli. You got a franchise. Am I wrong? The TCCV. CU, <laughs> the TCU, <laughs> the TCU. Wait, the TCCU, the, the Tom Clancy Cinematic Universe. Yes, or just the TCU, Tom Clancy Universe. Tom <laughs> Clancy Universe, TCU. Go Horn Frogs. <laughs> exactly, but like in flicks, like you talk about Jamie Bell potentially leading this uh, group. Ridiculous. He's like he's like the Nick Fury. He's you're Jamie. You're telling me Jamie oh Bell God, is Nick Fury? Right. No way. Dude, I, I hated him. He was a supporting character. He was so Tom bad. He was so bad in this. Like, yeah. he was very bad. It was bad. You, like, you know, like I, what I think of when I he, see Jamie Bell is Snowpiercer every time. Great flick. I, I, I think of that. Flick. I think of them of him in that movie every time. Um, but I don't know. Like I like I I assume this is going to get a lot of streams. It's Michael B. Jordan, Amazon Prime hinting at a franchise. I wouldn't be surprised if we get another film, but is, I mean, obviously we're not going to be reviewing it. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. I don't know. All right. I don't know. We got to get a good movie in here though. I mean, not that I didn't enjoy Mortal Kombat, but like the quality of the past two movies we've reviewed, we went from Minari to Mortal Kombat to a really bad Tom Steve Clancy D. movie. Steve and, Klein. Oh, that's my dryer. Uh, Angelina Jolie. If you're listening, you better save us next week hey, because John we, are, we are on a bad, uh, bad run right now. I mean, Terrible it's not run. our fault. We're not making the movies. We're just reviewing them. Right? Hopefully, hopefully Taylor Sheridan will save us next week after this piss poor performance. But um, you, Ricky, you brought up Guy Pierce. Guy oh, Pierce in God. this movie. Guy Pierce simply is not a good actor anymore. I think that's just straight up how it is. Like, talk about someone who hasn't been good in anything recently. Like, or- I love. LA Confidential, but what did you have? Did you Iron Man? 3? Oh yeah. If you talk about like that, like oh this man, like already we should have won an Oscar for Memento. My God. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's now doing. Yeah, right, right. So like in LA Confidential was twenty four years ago. So like holy crap. Um, 
now he's doing bloodshot with Vin Diesel and he's always a bad guy too. Michael B. Jordan. And he's, yeah. So it's just typecast. He's doing the money, like money jobs right now. He's just going for the like box, the quote unquote box office uh, hits, even though. And and just um, wait, Vin Diesel does movies. I thought he was just a musician. Oh, feel like I do. Feel like I do. (laughs) It is summertime. We're going to bring that bop back. I think we actually did an intro to this. Didn't we do an intro with that song? Did we do it? We should do it this time. Maybe it was an outro. I don't remember. But I I remember doing the best songs made by actors. That was a great time. No, I'll bring bring that song back when... uh, when Fast and Furious oh, Seventeen Fast comes out, yeah, Fast, yeah. I don't know. I lost count. <laughs> it could be seventeen, could be eight, could be twelve. I don't know. But I also wanted to say really quick, combining the Guy Pierce and Taylor Sheridan aspect, like this movie had zero. It, it was the most predictable movie of all time. Like it, like it was very formulaic. It fell right into our laps. It was just like we've seen a hundred of these movies. It was the same thing. Like I, I literally went. I, I mean, I don't want. I'm just going to say it, but like when I saw Guy Pierce, I'm like, villain, villain, Guy Pierce, villain, you know, <laughs> villain, Guy Pierce, villain, villain. <laughs> villain. Like you didn't have to say a word. It's just like, come on, do add like a little screaming at the screen. You're like, guys, and how can you not tell he's the villain? And you knew Jamie movie. Bell is like, oh, he's not really the bad guy. They want you to think he's the bad guy. Like, it's <laughs> he just so like said something can, you, like like, that. can you like not do that for once? Jesus. Everything's the same. Oh, creative creativity issues. But you know All who right. was in this? Reels. In this movie, besides Guy Pierce and Jamie Bell, the guy from Never Back Down. Oh, I wrote that in my notes. I wrote that Dude. in my notes. Ryan, Ryan, um, what's his name in the? It's Ryan something last name. The guy uh, who who, uh, who gets. I'm looking his, it up right now. Gets his butt kicked by Jake at the end of Never Back Down. McCarthy. R- Ryan, Ryan McCarthy. McCarthy. Dude, his name's Cam. The Jigen- douchey name. Jigendet. 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 And he, he, he entered and left. He was like the Homer Simpson gif. He walked right into that movie and went Dude, right back out. I wanted to see some fighting from him. I wanted to see it. <laughs> I wanted it. Him and Michael B. Jordan together? That would have been cool. After he like he, he, he like high kicks somebody right in the face, you just whisper, <laughs> still got it. Just Jake Tyler comes out of nowhere and just roundhouses him. Jake Tyler. Jake Tyler. Boss. All Great time, soundtrack. All right, boys. It's time. Scores. I I'll go, go first. first. Thank you. I'll go first. I'll go first. I'm going to go with 39 out of 100. 39 out of 100. Um, I hated Michael B. Jordan's performance here. I piss poor writing, as Ricky Flicks highlighted. Um, this does not deserve to have a franchise, not judging by this origin film. I'm going to go with a 39 out of 100. Nowhere near the entertainment level of Mortal Kombat, by the way. Uh, I would take Mortal Kombat over this any day of the week. Uh, yes, stick with my 39. Yeah, I... Uh... I'm I'm about ten below that. I'm at twenty nine. Uh, I really just, I mean, Ouch. there's not a single person Ouch. that I like in this movie. There's not a single performance that I like in the movie. The dialogue is just terrible. I mean, the action is dry. It just didn't really like get me excited or anything. I I, I like I didn't. There wasn't. A, I didn't gasp once, except for when when at the beginning when when they murdered this pregnant woman in cold blood. That's the only time I gasped because I wasn't prepared for that. But like the action scenes, I'm just sitting there straight faced, just like, okay, when are they going to do something cool? Right. And I, I just not, nothing worked for me in this movie. I'm being they, generous with my 29. And they tried to be really cool with the plane scene in the water. They tried to make mm-hmm. that like, wow, this is like Tom Clay. Oh, he remembered to grab the materials. This is so awesome. <laughs> but it took them 20 minutes Boring. for him to hold his breath underwater. I'm like, first of all, he's dead. 
He is oh. dead. You and, can't be holding your breath that long. It's like he, he's got to have. Oh, have you gone to Navy SEAL training? He's got to oh, have gills. Can we? He did twice. Okay, well, you bring that up. The Teasing end of the, the movie when he's just sitting in the car in the bottom of the river, just sitting there. <laughs> just sitting like, there. Yeah. This is like, not what? natural. And how did the glass well, not break when listen, they entered I, the water? Yeah. I know. I, no I don't leave the. I don't leave the car if there's a good song on. So maybe there's a good song on the radio. <laughs> I was waiting. Like, is he gonna like fasten his seatbelt up or something? Like, oh, he's gonna talk, be there a while. And, and talk about like the cringe scene where he's like, "Say her name." Say her name, like, dude. He has no idea who your Same wife name. is, dude. Like, he's saying, "Don't say her name." <laughs> but I'm below all of you. I'm at a 26. Ooh, the story God, was nice. god awful. The it was horrendous. I think you all. I I won't go anymore. You guys both kind of hit the nail on the head. I just think it's worse than like it's not Tom and Jerry level, but this is pretty bad. Not even close. Mortal Kombat blows us away. All right. Nice. So that does it for our review of Without Remorse from Amazon Prime. We are now. I will now throw it to Ricky Flicks for our top billing of the greatest Marvel villains, MCU villains. Thank you, Doctor Rowe. I guess just because you said MCU, actually, I'll go over this and then we can talk about it. Wait, it's Marvel villains. Yeah, are we doing Marvel or MCU? Marvel. We could do Marvel. We could do Marvel. I was thinking Killmonger with Michael B. Jordan. Whoa, MCU, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, whoa, well, yeah, he's I, a Marvel I, villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Marvel villain. Yes. Are we doing, but are we doing oh, Marvel or MCU? What? No, 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 I'm saying like MCU or we just go Marvel like outside the MCU, but still Marvel characters. That, that could still be an option. That will change my board, okay. my draft strategy dramatically. Well, let's decide right now, right? So, I mean, in the document that I was proposed with, it says Marvel. Okay, let's do it. All right, so Marvel. So this also includes pre-2008, just for you listeners listening out there. This top billing is inspired by our review of Without Remorse starring Michael B. Jordan, who played a terrific Marvel villain in Killmonger and Black Panther. Um, so we have the top billing of Marvel villains. So any villains that have appeared in Marvel are eligible. And as always, we have a snake draft style with five picks each. Once a character is picked, it is off the board. Um, you guys want to do the, the order right now? See, yeah. yeah. All right. Let me just share my screen real quick. The order goes Nez, Dr. Rowe, then myself, Ricky Flicks. Dr. Rowe, thoughts going into the draft. Yeah. So, uh, I planned for just an MCU villain draft. It's a little more concise. Obviously we're going outside Marvel. We're going back a few years too. Uh, there's plenty of great options on the board. Um, a lot more depth now that we're doing outside Marvel and also better actors, better characters. So I'm pumped MCU. for it. Still in Marvel. Yeah, still Marvel. Just not like and it's the, Marvel it's movies nothing. or Marvel comics. No, like like just the movies. But like I'm okay. saying, like we're no, initially I just to clarify that myself. Initially, it was just going to be Iron Man and on like MCU films. But now we'll we'll just do Marvel. Open it up. Open it up. Nez, thoughts? You wanted the first pick. You got it. I wanted the first pick. I got it. I'm excited about this. Uh, I think I have a pretty creative draft board here. Um, looking to get back on top because I had a streak going of top billing wins, and I'm trying to get back uh, back to number one. After. All right. Well, oh, 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 I have one question. If we're doing characters, what if one person has played multiple characters? Like an oh, actor, uh, one character has been played by multiple actors. I, yeah, I know where you're going with this. Uh, it'll be the sim- similar thing as Obi-Wan Kenobi. So you have to pick one or you pick one for the no. graphic. 
uh, yeah, you pick the character and then you pick the actor for the cool. That that solves a lot of questions. Nobody else can pick. Do it to it. All right, now start us off with the top billing of Marvel villains. I mean, I think there's a pretty obvious one-one. I think the first round is going to be pretty chalk overall, but I'm going with arguably the greatest villain of all time, or arguably, and I'm going with Thanos. I mean, he's iconic, and he's right up there with uh, Darth Vader. I don't know why I just blanked on that. May the 5th was last week. <laughs> but he's right up there with Darth Vader as, as the greatest villains of all time. He's an icon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just remember walking out of Infinity War and, and seeing the tears on children's faces that, that uh, Thanos was providing with that snap. I mean, he's iconic. He's, uh, I can't, I don't, I, you know, there's other people that I really like and maybe even like more than Thanos, but one at, at one, one round one, pick one. I got to go with Thanos. He's the King. You got to go with Grimace. Number one, overall big time worst hair in the MCU, but the best villain hands down, not even close. Uh, The best on-screen superhero villain since probably Heath Ledger, in my opinion, he is an absolute monster. Clear one, one pick. Yeah, you got that first sight of him in the post credit scene in Avengers in 2012. <laughs> the bright purple, just terrible CGI. But now then you fast forward six years, you get Josh Brolin, just absolute masterclass from him playing Thanos. And the whole MCU was built to defeat him. Yeah. Kinda, it's just and, unbelievable and, pick. Obvious one, one for me. Mr. Inevitable. And, and that's part of, I think that's part of what makes his, you know, him so legendary as a villain is the fact that they built up his villain mm. and his story for multiple movies. Like we were prepping for this. Thanos is coming. Like we, we saw this mm. and especially the people that read the comics, they were, they knew that we, that, you know, the MCU is working towards this big bad, but like the biggest of bads. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, that's part of what makes him so awesome is the fact that, they had the MCU was prepping for him for multiple movies, which yeah. I think is awesome. And it's like that twist where the where Marvel finally let the villain win. They finally let the villain win. You have the the snap and his sheer demeanor and presence, not only physically but mentally and intellectually, on everybody. It was just wow. Just like I said before, pure masterclass, not just by Brolin but by the Russo brothers and the MCU. Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. Doctor Rowe, you're up. So this changed the game when we opened it up, and I'm going to change up my draft strategy. I'm going with Magneto as my second overall pick. I'm going with Magneto. I'm getting Ian McKellen's version in the original X-Men, and then I'm getting Fassbender in the new X-Men. I think either way, you choose either performance, they're phenomenal, okay, by both. uh, Even just like you think of Ian McKellen, Charles, Charles, Charles Xavier. You know, so uh, I think he he's menacing on screen. He has one of like those motives, like one of the earlier superhero, like supervillains where you kind of understand their perspective compared to other MCU villains at the uh, in the future. Right. Where you're kind of like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous. Like they have all these superpowers and everything. He's a mutant fighting for the mutant cause. I have to go. I'm like changing my draft strategy. I have to go Magneto to electric of a character in an iconic rivalry slash friendship with Charles Xavier. Yeah, unbelievable character. I actually love the fast train and the new uh, Michael Fassbender mm-hmm. and the new X-Men with Magneto, even in the bad movies in those movies, which there are one or two. I, uh, Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix were just atrocious, at least to me. He was still good in those, in my eyes. And Magneto is just a great character, great powers. 
great pick. They make him so like even in the the newer X Men, they make him much more of a sympathetic figure too. And like he's fighting on the good side, but he's also on the bad side. He's still like will never fully join right mm-hmm. the X Men, but he uh, but he will at times join forces to do what he think is what he thinks is right. He Whatever has a mind of his mutants. own. No one else leads his way of thinking. Very firm stance on all things. And uh, yeah, electric uh, costume too. Great helmet. Right when Fast Under first puts on that helmet, the new X Men, you're like. Whoo! Charles. Nez, you like that as a first rounder? I do. I do. That actually was, uh, that kind of snuck up. I've completely forgot about Magneto on my big board. So that's a good, that's a good one. I'll take it. Mm. Well, right. good pick. It's off to me. You guys start out pretty strong. I'm going to go current MCU and to a villain that is getting his own show. Yes, I am drafting this in the first round. I'm going Loki. He has died three times and you still think he's coming back for more. Like people still think that he's not dead even after infinity war. He just steals scenes with his charisma and his trickery, like the God of mischief and great. Also great costume. We just alluded to the helmet of Magneto, great helmet by Loki. And like I said, just he's getting his own show. I think that shows how good of a villain he was slash is. And I'm looking forward to DB Cooper seeing in Loki. Thoughts? Great pick. Um, the first round, I because I completely forgot about Magneto. I thought there was a very obvious one, two, three. Loki was in that one, two, three. Um, I think it's a great pick. He's a very charismatic character, but also kind of hateable at the same time. You get you get a really angry uh, with him because you know he just he's not very honorable a lot of the time, and, it, and it's very frustrating to deal with. Um, but that's how you know some somebody's playing a character well and that the character is a good character because you're, you're genuinely getting frustrated with them not because their acting is bad because their character is making decisions that actually genuinely upset you and, and that's the you know it's actually impacting your psyche and you're just like come on man like you're like you want to yell at him you want to shake him but mm-hmm. uh no i i think that's a great pick so the god of mischief clear one two with thanos is the best mcu villains are you talking about uh kevin feige's universe uh we go from the worst hair in the mcu to the best hair in the mcu <laughs> absolute flow sidon all right and his character arc was so good that they're, they're, they're saying he could have died they, they could have just killed him three times he's like no i, I need him like they, they need him they need he's gonna get his own show he's turned into more of an anti-hero at this point but we'll see where the uh series goes i like the pick i would have taken it too but all right i get to start the second round here, I don't know where I'm going to go. I, I'm looking at four right board now. Board is open now. Yeah, After I that first round, the board is open. The board is yeah. open. Open for business, baby. <laughs> I'm going to go... You know what? I'm going to do it. This is going to be controversial. Alfred Molina's Doctor Ock. <laughs> Doc Ock. That's what I meant to. Controversial, I know. I didn't think I wanted one of the Spider-Man villains from Tobey Maguire because I still think Tobey Maguire is still my Spider-Man, so I wanted one of the one of the villains in his films. I didn't. I don't trust you two that one of them will get back. That at least one of them will get back to me in the third round. So I, I had to pick one now. And honestly, Spider-Man Two is a phenomenal film. You have the nostalgia factor in Spider-Man One. But then Spider-Man 2, in my eyes, is a better film. It's similar to Harry Potter, where Harry Potter 1, people like it more because it's a nostalgia factor. But Chamber of Secrets, in my eyes, is better. So I, I just did the same thing here. Doc Ock. Wow. 
not what I would have picked, but I, I definitely respect it. We do appreciate the original Spider-Man uh, series. Changed comic book movies forever. Yeah. I think I was going to pick this. So I think it's good. You stole it. Like I was going to pick this with my next pick. I thought you were going to pick it next because I know Ricky Flicks better than anybody. Like I knew he was going to do it. It was I had him as a first rounder as I adjusted my board. Uh, This is where the draft gets tough because I think those were the best performances. Although there are some other low key great ones, but I thought those were the clear cut four. And I even threw Dr. Octopus in there and we're getting him back in the next Spider-Man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Huge. Upper Molina time. Promising him. Uh, Harry Potter gif. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Excellent. Right. That's going to be great. And then All they're right. going to de-age him. I don't know how that's going to work, but hopefully you put on another stellar performance. Mm-hmm. And again, Alfred Molina is just such an underrated actor and like just forgotten about all the time. And he just like, because everyone kind of knows him. He's kind of an older actor. So it's good as that. He's going to be back in this film for sure. Dr. Rowe, your second pick. I'm, I hated his performance in the movie that we've reviewed today, but I'm going to go with Eric Killmonger from Black Panther. He was like, he broke the trend, I would say, of MCU villains. Like they had a bad run in phase two of the MCU. Killmonger came in, right? 2018 is Black Panther. He provided a perspective that made you sympathize with him more, maybe more than any other uh, Marvel character on this list. Um, talking about the struggle for African-Americans, right? Or just uh, black people in general, right? And he brought that to the forefront in a movie that was, it was central to it with Black Panther. Uh, the movie's not, it was, I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture. I know people don't agree with that. I personally don't agree with that. I do love Eric Killmonger's performance though. Ultimate swag in the MCU too. Uh, we talk about great hair. Also another great hair performance there. Uh, Got absolutely yoked for the role. I love his battle with uh, T'Challa mm-hmm. uh, over the waterfall. One of my favorite MCU scenes. And then he has an epic uh, ending to his uh, final fight uh, with T'Challa too. That's pretty epic. And his rise like to the throne, it, it makes you feel like, wow. Like It felt like for a second, you're like, this could end similarly where like Killmonger's on the throne leading to a Black Panther 2. Like I felt like that was a possibility watching that movie because he was so powerful, and I hope yeah. he's they somehow bring him back using uh, the afterlife, the world they have in uh, Black Panther too. That'd be I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, um, I think there's a common denominator here when it comes to villains, uh, I, especially people like Thanos, uh, Magneto, people that we've already picked, and then also Killmonger, is that they're villains and you kind of root against them. But you have those moments where you're like, I kind of get where you're coming from, man. Mm-hmm. And I think Killmonger's definitely falls under that umbrella. Yeah. I mean, Thanos, like I like I like there are points where I'm like, wow, this guy kind of is making a little bit of sense. Obviously, I don't I don't think I don't condone killing half the universe, but it's like, you know, half the universe, you know, lives in their world and they treat it terribly. They they don't have respect for it. And you know, it, it I obviously, like I said, I wouldn't wipe half the universe, but Thanos has his moments where you're like, this guy's not, he's not dumb. He's not dumb and he's not doing it. You know what I mean? For, for, for himself, but better writing, um, better writing yeah. characters. Exactly. Like, they, they exactly. And then Magneto, same thing. He talks about the, uh, you know, the mutants being, being oppressed and whatnot. And, and just, and the fact that they're better than humans, which they kind of are, but, and he has those moments where you're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I kind of, I kind of want to take your side right now. And and I think that's what makes a really, really good villain is when you can 
listen to them speak and, 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 and it makes sense. Like you can kind of relate. And like Killmonger completely jacked this role, this villainous role from what all MCU fans thought who was actually going to be the villain. They thought uh, Andy Serkis with uh, Ulysses Claw, right, yeah. who was introduced in Age of Ultron. He was going to be the man, main antagonist for uh, Black Panther. Yet we see Killmonger killing Claw right in the beginning of the movie. You're like, oh my God, it's, this guy's the guy. And then like uh, he really put a stamp on that movie. Um, really powerful commanding performance. Uh, I think he was I, – I, I love Chadwick Boseman. We all love Chad, Chadwick Boseman. But I think uh, those scenes with Boseman – and uh, Michael B. Jordan. I think Michael B. Jordan just dominated him, to be honest. Scene stealer. Mm-hmm. Is this your king? <laughs> Ricky Flicks' his favorite quote. Unbelievable. Who did you say that about? You opened up a review about it. Was it. Your, you uh, it was about Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Oh, <laughs> to answer your question, I think I did then, and I will again now. No, Tom and Jerry is not my king. <laughs> Flicks well, just throws stuff out there. I think he called well, me Pete Davidson Stan at one point in like the well, first before episode. each review. You, like you're, Ricky just throws out these uh, like, these labels. Just throws well, them out Pete there. Davidson. I'm not a big fan of. I know Doctor Fans not Doctor Rose not, and Tom and Jerry. I know I'm not a big fan of Doctor Rose. I know you were, but whatever. Don't need to defend myself. Looney Tunes through and through. I understand what you're saying, Nez. Nez, it's to you. End the second round here. All right. So this is somebody that. Um, I mean, I still remember watching this movie in the theaters and being kind of freaked out by him. But now I watch and I get pretty excited. Uh, I'm going with the Green Goblin, original Raimi Spider-Man, baby. Um, he's, he I, Back in the day, like I said, I was genuinely creeped out by him in that last scene. Um, kind of a complex storyline. And I think there's a couple other uh, villains in this draft with almost similar ones. But um, the fact that he was his friend's dad, um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, one of my top villains. Yeah, I mean, Thoughts? If, if it slipped to me, I was taking him, dude. I had, <laughs> I wanted a Tobey Maguire villain, so like the one, the next one up every time. So Ricky Flex has snatched one for me. Now Nez has snatched one for me. And Will Defoe is so underrated. He should have gone in the underrated draft. Like he deserves yeah. an Oscar. He is so stellar, mm-hmm. and his he is so creepy in this role. It's like after people saw this role, they're like, this guy should play the Joker. This guy should yeah, play the Joker. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Still can play the Joker. Don't rule it out. But Old Joker. I, I, I love Defoe. I'm, I don't like, I like the way his costume looks, but one of the problems I have with like the Spider-Man movies is how they move. Like in the Spider-Man, like they're going like almost so such slow motion because he is such a, he's carrying all this like, um, like armor. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well. You know, it looks like a Power not, Ranger, right? And it's not Willem Dafoe's fault. <laughs> no, it's just uh, how the character is, is the, the costume. I did like the costume, like the look of it. It's just oh, yeah. right. It just you couldn't move it, and you could tell. You know, but great pick. I that was also next on my big board. That was my uh, uh, fourth on my big board. So great pick. Um, Thank you. Start the third round here. All right, so let me know if this is allowed, but. I'm going with the Winter Soldier. Allowed. Very much allowed. Villain in Captain America in the Winter Soldier. Um, arguably the the most badass he's ever been. Like when he's the Winter Easily. Soldier and he's not Bucky, like Easily. he is freaking a beast, dude. He is a beast. He is unstoppable almost. <laughs> um, 
No, I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of not only this movie but this character in this movie. Uh, he he's literally just sick, like a beast in this movie. And I I I, can't, I just can't go on and on. I just can go on and on just about how like dominating he is, and he doesn't even say nothing. He's just yeah out here killing. Right. And I'm just like killing. The like talk okay. Well, once again, MCU great hair. Great hair, great yeah. hair with the flow Greasy. side. When Greasy. you said when you said Loki had the best hair in the MCU, I I was like running through like hair. So I was like, does he? Ding. Sure? Can I fight this? And I I couldn't really think of anything to be honest. And in the comics, like I, I I don't know I didn't know much about Captain America in the comics other than Bucky Barnes becomes his sidekick. So when I saw Captain America the First Avenger, Bucky died like quote unquote dies mm-hmm. and then he comes back as the winter soldier i'm like who the hell is the winter soldier what the heck are they doing right now right and then the first scene he's running he stops he goes and he catches the shield i'm just like holy crap that's the best one of the best moments in a trailer and then yes. it was electric in the movie theater and then he was so dominant physically against captain america it's like captain america goes to punch him and then his like metal arm just goes <laughs> anywhere bud you know and then and then they has the great cliffhanger at the end he is a villain there is no veto possible here because he is the villain out of multiple in that film mm-hmm. right totally agree he's on my big board great personal story arc as well and got his own show with falcon i know it's kind of mainly falcons but he still had a still his own show as well great character like in that i actually just watched this movie last night just yeah he was so sick in that what i and also, just one last thing with this is that Bucky Barnes is the reason why I have my gripe, like gripes with the MCU because there's an inconsistency with the power of their characters, their their heroes and villains. Because yeah. in the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes like dominates Captain America most of the time, like he's awesome. And then all of a sudden, Falcon the Winter Soldier, he can't beat Carly, this girl who just got the super serum. Like, what is this? He's a trained soldier. I don't care if he's wired in or not. He's going to dominate anybody that's not trained in combat. Like, come on. Just wanted to say that off my okay. chest. Um, we, we, I can, we cannot overlook the, the Sebastian Stan news that's going on right now. Did you guys oh, see this, the picture of him and Lily James as, uh, as Tommy and Pam Anderson? for the next show that we previewed earlier. Did you see those pictures? Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. I did see that. Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson. Oh yeah. my goodness. That's going to be raunchy. That's going to be raunchy. It's like Lily James is buying, like biting the nipple ring. I was like, hold on. They were, I think they were recreating Lordy. old pictures. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's going to be, it's just yeah, going to be side by side did, picture. Was cool. Lily James, unrecognizable. She looks so different. I like had I was staring at the picture trying to like see in her eyes like is that Lily James I just couldn't see it staring at at her eyes Ricky right all right bonk okay moving on (laughs) Doctor O your third pick Uh, I'm gonna go with Adrian Toomes from Spider Man Homecoming Adrian Toomes so Michael Michael Keaton known as Batman what what does he do crossover to the MCU. Right, and when does he cross over the MCU after his acting career has absolutely catapulted from the depths of hell? Right, Birdman, the founder. Then we're doing Spider-Man: Homecoming, Vulture, a character that was supposed to appear in Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man Four. Um, I think Michael Keaton was cast perfectly. I had think they had a nice twist with Michael Keaton being the father of. Uh, I think her name was Michelle in Spider-Man: Homecoming. If I'm remembering correctly, could be wrong about that, but. I thought he was excellent. One of the best scenes in the MCU. I brought up a couple in the car with Tom Holland has the date, leave the car. 
And then he says, you don't want to mess with me, kid. And he's absolutely making Tom Holland cry like a little baby. Making him cry like a little baby. Just absolutely <laughs> dominating the guy. Um, costume was adapted pretty well. Because, like, the Vulture, you're like, what? I mean, that's going to look ridiculous, like, in a modern-day setting. But they adapted it pretty well. They connected it to the original Avengers. Love that. Uh, so I, Michael Keaton, one of the best actors going. I just watched Spotlight. I meant to write a review on it before the Oscars. Um, one of the best actors going. So I'm going to go Michael Keaton. Yeah. No, that's that was... If you didn't pick it, I was going to pick it next. Great pick. Uh, Liz was her da- his daughter in that. Liz, Liz. Liz. Um, and just another thing is that throughout the movie, you think, oh, it's just another prototypical bad guy trying to kill the hero to so he can get rich off these weapons and become powerful, right? But no twist, like you said. You, he gets to know Peter Parker. He's dating his daughter, kind of, taking her to the dance. Very cool twist in the car ride electric scene. Great scene. Good old Spider-Man. Really, it creates a lot of tension, right? When you find that out as the audience, you're just like, oh, snap. Like, and, and, it, and it holds for a while because you're like, this is really awkward. And you're kind of putting yourself in that position. And uh, him as a <clears> – I think it comes back again. I mean, I wouldn't say he's super relatable, but you kind of see where he's coming from mm-hmm. where it's like his life kind of fell apart a little bit and then he had to – find other means in a way right or you know change the way he goes about they attempt to make him more sympathetic for sure exactly and uh we're getting more of him he's going to be in morbius the jerry leto movie coming out spider-man connected too good and he's going to be in batman oh my gosh flash the return the return of flash flash he's going to be batman in flash but yeah he goes mcu or you know he goes dc mcu dc MC, like, yeah, he's got to get you a man who do both right now. He's Marvel, killing it. Marvel, DC. Love it. <laughs> Love the pick. Got it. Like, third round. That's pretty good. Like, Marvel, deep, deep board here. Yeah, we're we're oh. getting in, we're getting into uh, this is where we go. This yeah, is this where we go. This is where we win and lose the draft right here. I think. And Boomer I'm going to go right now. I'm not going to get cute. I'm going the highest on my big board. His cameo in Infinity War was unbelievable. Red School. Red School. Mm. I know Dr. O, I think, thought I was picking someone else because I saw how shocked he was. Um, Red School, Hugo Weaving. Like, what a boss. What a boss. Um, He was awesome and obviously in the first Captain America, like, very good. And in Infinity War, when he came out of nowhere, like, I nearly jumped out of my seat in shock. Mm -hmm. It just made sense. I know I'm not the only one that wanted more of him after Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, and also all-time look. Like, it's the Red School. Like, come on now. Right. Yeah. Not Hail Hydra, though. <laughs> I um, I honestly didn't like – I don't like the first Captain America. It didn't really do it for me. And the Red Skull didn't do it for me there. But what I will say is his appearance in Infinity War – it comes out of nowhere, and I'm like, okay, like I don't know. I I think he's more of a. I think if you're a huge comic book fan, people like are obsessed with the Red Skull, and I get that. Um, but in the first one, in the first one, I didn't really like it when he appeared in Infinity War. I was like, oh snap! And he did a really good job too. It was it was it was unsettling. It was like cool, and it, and it did like some world building too. So I, I enjoyed that. I forget if I was sitting next to Rick, Ricky Flex. Did Infinity War come out when you were in the states, or were you abroad? was not here but i did see i think it was it came back for like the third time i saw it okay because i maybe i was with uh mike 
right? Our brother, brother, uh, me and Ricky, me and Ricky Flex's brother. I, when Red Skull popped up on the screen, I started punching him in the arm. I was like, oh my God. And I'm just like slamming his arm. I'm like, are you kidding me? We're getting Red Skull right now. Yeah. Red Skull is like the ultimate foe for Captain America. I think we, I think he's not done in the MCU as long as Hugo Weaving somehow returns, but it doesn't seem like he left on good terms with Marvel. That would have been awesome if he somehow came back because he's still obviously alive. Um, I am a fan of him. I thought he was a bright spot in Captain America, the first Avenger. The thing about the first Avenger, that is like, if you're looking to stay away from corny movies, like that, I mean, it's, a, it's an ultimate yeah. cornball movie. It's a Captain know? America movie. Like Captain right. America is the, uh, is the biggest cornball in, the, in Marvel. Yeah. Just give it up for Captain America. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I like the pick. I think he looks cool too. I like they, they did a pretty good job with like the red skull aspect. It wasn't, didn't look suit. The reveal was good. Fake. Like, yeah. And the burning bridge in the hydro. Yeah. Plant. When he rips like, it off. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I took that and then let's start with the fourth round here. I'm going to go the best hair in marble. And that's ego. Kurt Russell. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Ego and Guardians 2. Now, I know if he leaves his planet, he's not necessarily the same powerful figure. But in that movie, the comic relief mixed with his pure power and motives behind it. And I think the real scene that you really saw both of those, those uh, both ends of the sword there was when he tells Quill that he killed his mother. Like, and he was just so calm about it. So calm, cool, collective. And that role also just showed how good of, like, Kurt Russell is at acting like he just recently came off of that Netflix movie the Christmas Chronicles or whatever and I actually got a sequel but like he can still act and at the highest level and you saw him in Hateful Eight uh two years prior to this movie as well where he was a beast in that and it also it gave us a background of Peter Quill we were all wondering like all right his mom died on earth but who was his dad it wasn't David Hasselhoff we all know that but like I I, I don't need to say anymore I think Kurt Russell Hasselhoff. Like, did you like did you like Guardians 2? Oh yeah. One of the best movie soundtracks of all time in my eyes. Nas did oh, you not? I I didn't really like it that much. To be honest. Not as not nearly as good as Guardians 1 at least. Much better villain than the first one though. I I put it in the yes. and I put it in the bottom half of MCU movies and I'll just leave it at that. So I think it's Guardians 2 like Guardians 2 I really did enjoy, but I understand the aspect the one thing they could have done better Force comedy that was not very good in terms of a visual spectacle. Incredible, so incredible soundtrack. Oh my god, villain so much better. But I obviously I think Guardians One is such like a it was a, something so new for the MCU, such a yeah. new type of superhero movie that was like I might watch that tonight honestly. But it it was crazy and but like they, it was hard to build up such a like phenomenon. But Kurt Russell, I liked how he re, like reunited with Disney because. That's how he, that's who launched his career. Disney launched Kurt Russell with Great like uh, the world's strongest man or whatever, like all those movies in the early eighties when Disney channel, not Dis- the Disney original movies, our dad talks about them all the time and how like he, that's how we, how we, how we learned who Kurt, uh, Kurt Russell was. Kurt Russell then goes on to make a couple more serious movies. He reunites with, he re he basically tag teams with Tarantino for a few films. He's back on the map, put him as a Marvel villain. I think he did a great job. One of the best parts of it for sure. Yeah. Definitely. But Dr. Rowe goes to you, your fourth pick. The board is getting thin, boys. <laughs> Mighty thin. I'm going to go with Ultron. 
I'm going to go with Ultron voiced by James Spader. All-time villain voice. All-time villain voice. One that I wish I had. Uh, so Age of Ultron was somewhat obviously a letdown compared to the original Avengers. But, okay, I'm going to say he – I'm not even going to say he was a better villain than Loki because he wasn't. But the menace – like he, the voice performance in this movie – I mean, rivals a lot of the greatest animation that we've ever seen, like animated movies. Imagine like James Spader in a, in a, in a Pixar as a, like if you had an animated universe with the Avengers and James Spader was just voicing, like you'd be like, this is the greatest Marvel villain of all time. But unlucky, un- we're unlucky in the fact that it's live action. So, but I think I'm just mainly drafting the voice. Um, and it was just a new type of villain that wasn't, from another world it was from within and it was created by tony stark and bruce banner that they end up having to fight uh age of ultron not a great movie but i think ultron himself pretty cool yeah james Banner, perfect casting for arrogant genius menace like role like you're drafting the voice of james Banner, and i completely agree with the pick great pick thanks no thoughts nez I, I'm sorry, guy. I feel like I feel like a hater right now, but I don't really like Ultron that much either. I wasn't a fan. But the movie the board is thin. Good. The board is thin. Um, Ultra. Like I, I mean, I had a few above Ultron on my big board, but like honestly, the board's thin. In a fourth round and beyond, I feel like they're all in the same tier right now, I did. except maybe one. There's like one or two that might be in the upper. There's tier. one I want. There's. Mm. I have a couple surprise picks. Potentially in the fifth round. Oh, I got to see how it plays out here with Nez's next two. All right, I got oh, I get two right now, huh? Yeah. All right, so I'm. Oh man, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna throw a curveball here, guys. I think I'm gonna throw a curveball. Um, and this person is not. This is a Marvel character, not from a Marvel movie. Oh boy. But from a recently released Marvel show. So is that okay? I'm going with yeah. Agatha Harkness mm-hmm. from uh, from WandaVision. So not only is this pick a curveball, but this villain was a curveball because you didn't really know where this show was going for the first couple episodes. Surprise, there's an evil witch that's in the town with Wanda, and she is the main villain of the show. Uh, she's uh, extremely memeable, took the internet by storm with her little wink. But yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about this pick here? It was Agatha all along. <laughs> catchy, catchy song, catchy theme song. I mean, checking all the boxes. The only thing is, well, I mean, she is a villain. I was gonna say she's not the only villain of that show. Yeah. Um, but I think she was. I like Catherine Hahn a lot. I know Nez drafted her as one of the most underrated actresses, as his most underrated, a- yes, underrated I did. actress. I'm hoping there's a chance we see her in the future of the MCU. It's not like she's killed off or anything. Um. Yeah, and she she it was like you knew that she was probably the villain, right? And she was a good I think she did a good job kind of playing it off. Sometimes Marvel does a terrible job in terms of okay, trying to hide the villain in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one, they kind of did a good job. They kept you on your toes. You kept saying to yourself, maybe Wanda is the actual villain here. And there are people that still argue yeah. that she was, right? But I think Agatha Harkness is a good pick. Surprisingly powerful too. If you're going up against Scarlet Witch and you're going up with that power one on one. Like you got to be pretty, pretty stellar. You got it. You got to be. Uh, good you got to bring good the thunder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Flicks? 
I think she's a good villain. I know you have another pick, mm-hmm. but I just think there's a clear, clear couple that are better in my eyes, at least, and that are actual villains that, that they are more villainous throughout their role in their screen time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also like, I don't know. I'm not going to say the P word, but it's a little bit of the P word in my eyes. Oh, come on. Get out of here. That was kind of all your, when I did, am I being accused of pandering your explanation after your election fraud, after your election fraud fraud. last week, Uh, I don't want to hear like I'm unsafe around these, like uh, this political atmosphere. (laughs) Are you kidding me? A pander pick. No, that was a pick that next change. Let me ask you guys. Did you guys have it on your big board? Fifth round. Did you have it on your big board? Potential fifth rounder. I put, I wrote down for me. I doubt it. I think I, I think you guys didn't even have it on your big board. I, I didn't know. I had it my in my fifth my fifth round. I had it as a, one of my picks. Anyways, you're moving on pick. to the fifth pick, my final pick of the draft. I'm going with Ironmonger from the original Iron Man. Now I talk about some of the villains being relatable and and people that you kind of like. This is somebody that I just hated. And that's another one because that this 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 villain just really I just did not like him and I wanted to fight him myself, so um, that's why he makes my list of villains. Uh, this guy's greedy. He's a son of a biscuit eating bulldog, and I said that while I was watching the movie. I was like, "This is a son. This guy's a son of a biscuit eating bulldog." Um, said the same thing. <laughs> most people most people would say that, um, but it's also you know he's very entertaining and. Helped kick off the MCU. That just shows how good of a villain he was. I had him as a potential. Uh, I had him as a potential fourth rounder. Like I, I thought it would slip to me. I do like Obadiah Stane. I like uh, Jeff Bridges. I think he's one of the most underrated actors in the game, and he even has an Oscar. So it's kind of weird that we consider him. I consider him underrated. Uh, yeah, and like he was kind of like you kind of suspected he was the villain in plain sight kind of uh and obviously kicked off the mcu how can you not have like the how can that villain not be drafted so i don't i don't blame like the fifth i guess good fifth round value in my opinion yeah and you talk about tension like jeff bridges in uh in that film whether it's rdj like pulling his metal heart out or gwyneth paltrow stealing the files like the tension in those scenes between pretty good slash ironmonger and either gwyneth paltrow or rdj like that's tension. Like, wow. That, like, I still sweat sometimes thinking about it. My God. But that, no, that's right where I had it. I had him as my 13th on my big board. So good pick. All right. Dr. Rowe, round out your draft. Kind of, I don't know if I'm winning this draft because I, I, I feel like Thanos is a huge, like, that's yeah, like, if you, you have see Thanos, Thanos that's a... people are going to get drawn to that. But I think yeah. I have to make a, just a complete draft. I just got to do it by the book. No funny business here. I'm going to go Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal mm. from Far From Home. I feel like if you're getting Jake Gyllenhaal in a draft and you're getting him in the fifth round, holy cannoli, it's pretty good, no? Um, the only thing is, as a comic book fan, they say Jake Gyllenhaal is playing Mysterio, and then they try and sell the fact that he's not actually a villain. I was not falling for that for a second. That hurt the movie, but I did like Gyllenhaal's performance. I thought he was great. He was long overdue, overdue to be in a Spider-Man movie. I hope we see more of him in the future. He looked sick. His powers didn't well, he didn't have powers, but I yeah. like how they kind of implemented that backstory relating to obviously Tony Stark. Um, but RIP my dog. But I do 
I'm happy with game in the fifth round. That's all I got to say. Happy. Yeah, this is, he was on my big board as well. Um, I think that Jillian Hall did a great job in this role. And I think that it was a well-written and well-done villain for sure. Um, I I think the story, he really helps with the story uh, and it kind of made it make sense. Like in this world of heroes, this guy just like appears and like, they kind of accepted like, yeah, this is Mysterio guys. Like the new Avenger. Yeah. He's, he's good. He's the new Avenger. Like he's a new guy with powers because we live in a world where people have powers, but it turns out that they're all, they're actually not real. And it's a spoiler. Yeah. And I agree with you, Dr. Rowe, that like he, you, you know that he's a bad guy. Like he's on Marvel. So Marvel screwed it up. But like, I do agree with Nez that Jake Jonah was great. Um, I do think like, even though he doesn't get the whole movie to develop, like he doesn't get this, enough screen time to say, Hey, I am the big bad in this entire movie. But at the end, like the twist is an all time twist. No so one saw that coming unless you were a part of the production team or Kevin Feige. Like, you right. Just, that post credit no scene. It's like, it, it's up there with the snap. Like it's the snap than that, as in the craziest well, yeah. twist or endings, Jaw in any, uh Marvel movie. So that's why he's draftable. That's why he's at, like, in my eyes, he was, he was my 14th overall, so that's where you drafted him. I, again, great pick. Mal Kuyper over here. Uh, yeah, good, good. Uh, I, I was going to go with somebody else, but I was, I was afraid of being accused of the P word. But I, 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 like, I like what I got out of Mysterio as a fifth rounder. Well, now it's up to me to round out the draft for Mr. and Mrs. Irrelevant. And I'm stuck between two. And they're right next to each other on my big board. Which one's he going to pick? I know what he's choosing between. And I'm also afraid of the P word for one of them. But you know what? We're going to bring diversity to this, to this top billing. This is a guy where you have an Oscar winning actress who just decides, you know what? I'll play, I'll play in the Marvel DC, uh, the MCU here and Thor's resurgence to show Thor's the most powerful adventure. And that's Kate Blanchett and as Hela and Thor Ragnarok. She was great in this movie. Her powers are awesome. You get a backstory of the true origin story of Asgard. And like I just said, that movie is just phenomenal. And I know she's not necessarily the best part of that movie. It's not like a Thanos who clearly is the best part of Infinity War. Mm -hmm. Thor is clearly the best part about this movie. And you have a Hulk and you already have a Loki on his side. But Hela and just her sheer power and her stopping Thor's hammer and and uh, breaking, breaking it. it is just all time, at least for me. That in that trailer, you're just like, who is this person? And then you find out it's how, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. You, so you, for me, so that's going to be the last pick here for me. So that was that's what I was going to say is one of the crazy things about this character is you could argue that she's like a top three most powerful being next to Thanos in in the MCU, like with Thanos and like I, I guess she overpowers Thor. I'm not like, convinced she might she's be, dead. She might might be number two. Like she is unbelievably powerful. So you could make this pick off of power alone. But I think they did a good job with you know using her to tell a backstory about Asgard and kind of doing some world building there in what absolutely positively hands down is the best Thor movie that they've come out with. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know I like I like this pick a lot, honestly. I would pick her over. I would have picked her over Ego or Red Skull. Honestly, I I think that she's that good, and just off of power alone, she's a beast. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, 
we know Thor, yeah, we know Thor, uh, Ragnarok needed to have a strong villain after the disappointment that was Thor, the dark world. And oh. you're bringing in Kate Blanchett. Holy can like, like I said, I'm about to say, Holy cannoli again for like the fourth time this episode, but you, you're bringing Kate cannolis. when you, Oh my gosh, I'd go kill for one right now, but you can't go wrong when you go in Kate Blanchett. I thought Ricky Flicks was throwing some misdirection because he said, this guy, Played by an actress or something like that. I was just I like, "What are we doing?" I'm like, "She did play Bob Dylan in a movie, but like, I don't know about it." But uh, yeah, great pick. It's a great value at 15. I had that as uh, next on my board, along with rivaling someone that you were probably going to pick with the P word. Yeah, um, I wanted to say this is a guy because Nez was just like, "We got Mel Kiper over here." So like, what I do you think? I didn't even say that. I said that. Or, that. or yeah, uh, credit. I was just like, oh, this is a guy. But that rounds out our draft. Um, I'll quickly read them out and then do honorable mentions. Nez has Thanos, Green Goblin from Spider-Man, Winter Soldier, Agatha, and Ironmonger from Iron Man. Dr. Rowe has Magneto, Eric Killmonger, Vulture, Ultron, and Mysterio. Ricky Flicks has Loki, Dr. Octopus, Doc Ock, Red Skull, Ego, Hela. This is going to be a competitive no. vote. This is going to be a good one. I think, I think Thanos is just such a powerful character. Yeah, Flix, make sure you use but, the wink meme for, uh, uh, for Agatha when, when you're making the graphic. Make sure mm-hmm. so people know that you know mm-hmm. I'm pandering to Well, them. I'll say here with Hela, the person I was toying with was Zemo. I was hoping someone was going to draft Zemo, so when I edit this for YouTube, I can do like the Zemo gif of him dancing. You know, I, I can't wait to do that. But that's when I was debating at 14. It was going to be either him or Mysterio. And I chose Mysterio. Because if you mm. judge him on a Captain America Civil War, he's not the best villain. Because really, the villain are the, the Avengers uh, like putting themselves against one another. He's just like the person who sets everything up. And then if you go Falcon the Winter Soldier, he's not even the villain in the show. He's helping out the team, you know? So it doesn't really line up. So. He looks awesome. If I was going just based off the character, I'd be, I would lean more towards Falcon the Winter Soldier in terms of like the villainous aspect, even though he wasn't really a villain. It's kind of hard to explain, you know? Yeah. I like the reason why I didn't pick him is because he's not very powerful, but I respect his game. He's not a person that's trying to take over the throne or game isn't powerful, game. Not, not like a mutant or anything like that. He's just a villain that hates superhuman. Like he just wants to kill superhuman. He's not trying to take over the world or anything. So. I kind of respect that, but then again, like I just went with the most powerful villain left on the board. But uh, any other honorable mentions? I know it's a thin board right now. Uh, yeah, I got um, I got Francis from Deadpool, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I have uh, I have Yondu from the first Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, he is he is a, a villain pick. in that one. That'd been good, uh, Yondu. Um, uh, I I had someone. I thought you Ricky Flex kind of misdirected me again from Infinity War. He went Red Skull. I was thinking Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw is awesome. Oh, I was Ebony Maw. I was really. Oh, that's that was gonna be. If I felt like I was gonna lose this draft, I was gonna pick Ebony Maw as my fifth rounder, and I was disappointed that Ebony Maw dies in Infinity War in like the mid, yeah. not even the midway point, but then makes a return, obviously in Endgame for a short span of time. But such a powerful member of the black order and it's like uh the right hand man it's like it's almost like not like steppenwolf to dark side but like you know what i mean by that it's like yeah right hand person someone's gonna take care of all the tasks for the big bad you know very powerful another very powerful villain for sure squidward 
<laughs> but yeah, M.A. Ma, like also on my big board, just unreal. I just wish he got more screen time, you know? Um, I also had the Grandmaster uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I didn't love him, but I thought he was a cool character. Jeff Goldblum is a wacky oddball dude, so I don't mind seeing him on the screen. Uh, I had Scarlet Witch from WandaVision. That would have been a controversial pick. It would have been a big time. That would have been a pander, I think, if I did Scarlet Scarlet Witch as a villain because that's like the hot take on Twitter. And uh, I had Surtur. Surtur from Thor Ragnarok as well. Who takes down Hela? Talking about powerful people. Yeah, Colin. Yeah, uh, Nez. Any more? Uh, no, I think uh, I think we I think we got it covered. Yeah. Well, there's other good. people. There's other villains, but not ones worth mentioning in the best. You know, Alexander Pierce. Like, like I could say Ronan, but I don't like Ronan. Right, and Alexander mm-hmm. Pierce, like Rob Redford's a great actor, but like I don't know. You think of the Winter Soldier and that, and just the sheer action scenes with him. Awesome, but. That's going to round out our top billing of Marvel villains. Nez, back to you. All right. Very contentious top billing. I think we uh, predicted that one early on in the podcast. Good decision to expand it. Great decision to expand it, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we needed those Spider-Man picks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that will conclude this episode of the Drive-In Podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening and please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this and rate us five stars like your favorite Uber driver. Next week, we are reviewing Taylor Sheridan's Those Who Wish Me Dead, starring Angelina Jolie and John Bernthal. It's in theaters and on HBO Max this Friday, May 14th. So make sure you tune in for that so then you can circle back, listen to the podcast and follow along on our review. Um, before we go, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Drive-In Pod. And give us a like on Facebook and a follow on YouTube as The Drive-In. And always, always, always check out our blog on a daily basis on thedriveinpod.com. Thank you all once again for listening. And we will...